We are tonight's entertainment. You can't handle the truth. The fire rises. Pizza time. You're a wizard, Harry. So it be. You know how much I sacrifice? You think that's air you're breathing? Groovy. I don't have friends. I got family. We services hey Trent hi Parth good to see you you're looking well we have a we, we have a film podcast uh ostensibly the first like two to three minutes of this recording are going to be edited out but I feel like that's the longest we've talked while the mic has been running and it was about uh fun ps4 games. Marvel spider-man and and Batman, the Batman Arkham, Arkham, Arkham trilogy trilogy which yeah. I have no no regrets about talking about and I'm not sure we'll we'll surprise none of our listenership. I mean, based on everything else about us. Um, but Trent, but part. Uh, I just want to know more about you, more about your daily routine. So why don't we start with what you've been eating most recently? And maybe yeah, I've was, seen it. I don't see you as much recently. Um, miss you, brother. <laughs> uh, but let's not get too sentimental. Um, let me just tell you what I've been eating, and. Um, I have sort of a setup here. It's a it's a big mug of coffee. It's a naked smoothie. It's a big glass of water, and it's uh, like these granola things from Costco called Aussie Bites. And I've been Classic. waiting. I've been waiting to call it the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse all morning. So that's nice. what we're going with. But I'm on mostly fluids this morning, Parth. It's interesting um, you say mostly fluids because I. I mean, if you're interested in what I've had. At hey, all. Parth, uh, <clears throat> uh, what's up, bro? What have you been eating? I haven't eaten anything, but because a few times in the past you have described things you've drank yeah. as what you've been eating, I feel like it's fair game for me to do so now. And I mean, the dad, other the other day, the last thing I ate was what I threw up. So that I is mean, any, that is it's that the last thing really, you yeah rejected that really o- your body that really rejected. O- open the floodgates like, and I'm inviting all metaphors here. You know. Um. But I'm most recently, my dad made some chai. Oh, if you're an American, yeah. chai tea. Um, yeah, yeah. I've heard, Jackson, I've heard Jackson rave about this. And yeah. I've heard you criticize people for calling it, yeah, TT. It is TT. So just, you say, it's like non bread, you know? Like, what are you doing? Parthy, um, uh, make me laugh. It's going to be a fun app, fun app, fun discussion. Yeah, I, I feel like. Sometimes we're recording, and you're like, <sighs> I feel like I'm, ge- I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm generally, like, on an okay level. You know what I mean? Sometimes oh. I'm more annoyed or less annoyed, but I'm generally like, yeah, I can record. But I feel okay, like this you description feels like it's gonna get hurtful soon. Okay. Well, it's not hurtful. I'm just saying, like, I'm not. I'm so never you're like you we're operate- about to record. This is awesome. But I feel like sometimes. You'll join, and you're like, we just got to get through the next hour, huh? And then sometimes you join, and you're like, yeah, this is, this is fun. Yeah. Let's talk about Batman Arkham Knight. Let's talk about Marvel's Spider-Man. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> so I think you're saying that you have a narrower spectrum of uh, excitability. Yeah. My, <laughs> my lows are maybe not as low as yours, but my highs are not as high either. You know? Yep. Uh, and we'll invite all metaphors about that, you know. Oh, okay. Uh, before this gets too hurtful, let's just cue the intro.
welcome back to Craft Services, where we talk about the Whoa. movies. Each week we talk about a film, and hopefully I have a crew member of this film to talk about a experience working on the picture. This week, it's just Parth and me. Yes, we're having a discussion because the last two weeks we have had... We've had... Who have we had, Trent? Various esteemed guests, returning guests, a close friend of the show, Ruth DeYoung... Um, production designer of such films as, uh, I mean, where to begin? Uh, us. Nope. nope. Uh, Us. Twin Peaks Season Manche- 3. Manchester by the Isn't Sea. is Manchester by the Sea? Nice. Yeah. Um, and of course, our film for this week. Uppy. The big Uppy. The big O. It, yeah. <laughs> the big O. As if we haven't, as if this inter- this podcast hasn't been inappropriate enough already. We're gonna, the Oppenheimer, the film of the summer. The big, the big O. Yeah. Well, I mean, maybe, maybe. no. Let's not get into it. I, I kind of felt like I knew where you were going, and I was like, maybe we'll save that for later. But um, yes, we talked with Ruth Young. She was super cool. gave a lot of cool insights. Um, that interview got us our first write up in an article, which was pretty awesome. Um, oh yeah, that uh, what a roller coaster truly. that was. And. Uh, Past and future guest, Ruth DeYoung. I'm sure we'll have her on again in the future. She's our first returning guest. Maybe she'll be our first three-time guest. Yes, we Let's hope said so. at, at the end cap that we hope that she could come back on the next awesome movie she works on because she just keeps working on like awesomer and awesomer movies. Just to use the word awesome. But Trent, these awesome movies, as awesome as Oppenheimer is, and we'll get into that, it's three hours long, and sometimes I wish it could just be condensed into a ten-word synopsis. You know what I mean? Uh, yes, I'm sure some people in the one-star one review section may have something to say about the length of the film. But in the meantime, I say let's just condense it down to ten simple words. Who do you think's turn it is? Let's go you. Oh, cool. <laughs> um, I was in the shower, and I was like, I think Perth's going to pull this on me so i tried to get my bearings a little bit um robert oppenheimer that's two i mean it's kind of wasteful for the robert why don't you just do oppenheimer i'm just gonna exactly starting from scratch oppenheimer invents a nuclear bomb five words changes himself and world forever whoa that's not bad oh yeah Copyrighted music. That's my favorite. Um, <laughs> Parth, as, as if this podcast isn't already littered with yeah, copyrighted yeah, we're, content. We, we've been long fucked. Um, anyways, um, but the yeah. actual synopsis from IMDb is the story of American scientist J. Robert Oppenheimer and his role in the development of the atomic bomb. I feel like I prefer your 10-word synopsis. Really? I don't know if ours if our version has ever been better. It's usually like we put someone on the spot and then we like blow them out of the water with like a very in-depth description. Unless you're just flattering me. No, I'm being I'm being serious. Um but Trent, flatter me with the box office and budget. Sorry, oh, budget and box and, office, I mean. And part of the thing about these numbers is well, I mean not the budget, but the box office. It's it's on it's an I, ongoing Yes, yes. Well, it says the box office here is a hundred million, and the budget. Wait, Parth. Are these yes, I mixed. Backwards? Yeah, they're backwards. I screwed up. Because uh, okay, uh, 
I don't know if you're going to leave this in, but uh, just in case. So the budget is $100 million, and the box office is $850 million. Uh, just for the record, Parth originally had those numbers backwards, and it really confused me within the within the diegesis of the document. I shall we. Um, but, uh, because in, in the, this alternate reality, Oppenheimer would have made one eighth of its, uh, budget. Yeah. Uh, it would have been um, one of the biggest a- flops, um, of all time. But now it's a, uh, black and white historical biopic that is probably going to gross a billion dollars. Yeah. Isn't that cool? It's going to be Nolan's Partially black and white. third, um, third most or it's already nolan's third highest grossing film it's already outgrossed inception no behind it's already ahead of inception uh just behind his dark knight and dark knight rises which both made already a billion dollars it probably won't pass those movies but you know Um, you don't think so it's slowing down i mean i don't I, i i would nothing would make me more happy than for oppenheimer to be his highest grossing film um but I, I don't think it surpasses I, The Dark Knight Rises. I mean, granted, I saw it in standard digital yesterday, which is not the format you should see it in. Um, and it was the earliest screening possible, and there was only two other people there. But I saw it, I sat in the fourth row close to the screen, and let me say, it was still freaking awesome. Yes. So, like, I mean, our, our first screening ex- experience, I'm sure we'll speak on, but that was... That was pretty legendary. But even this, uh, like, at 1.35 p.m. at the New Brunswick AMC, like, it's 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 pretty awesome, Parth. It's, like, it's pretty awesome. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. All right, uh, I'm going to head into some Should production history. Should we just... Oh, just end the discussion? Like, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's only like been... This movie's, it's like a 13-minute long... Yeah, maybe that's all like, the, with this TikTok-addled like generation... Maybe this is how TikTok. long. TikTok. Uh, yeah, let's just play like Subway Surfers, and we'll and mm. um, we do. We should. We should. Oh, we should upload. We should upload this onto YouTube, but with just like video of me playing Subway Surfers, so that the people don't get bored. I hate to say it, but I think that's like, uh, like. Do you think that would give us more that, viewership? That ideology is part of why we're not succeeding more. Well, thank God we don't want to be successful. <clears throat> um, but how about the production histories? Yeah. I mean, they were successful in producing this movie. Mm, okay, whoa. And it's Trent is, a historical movie. Trent is trying to, like, dethrone epic. me and take my crown as the transition king. Um, Parth, I've just spent so much time together. We've we've morphed and unmorphed and come out the other side. But because know? I haven't spent time with you recently, I've, I haven't noticed your like ploy to take over as transition king. I've got a couple ploys going on, <clears throat> but let's transition. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> so director I ran, out of, I ran out of gas director okay. Sam Mendes initially showed interest in adapting the novel American Prometheus back in 2005 this fell through and the film was optioned to several other directors including Oliver Stone the book rights were then bought by J. David Wargo funny J. David J. Oppenheimer or J. Robert Oppenheimer 
Come on. Oh, I thought you were saying. I thought you were saying funny to my um, fart noise for Oliver Stone. Oh. Wait, no. I, I, wait, it's wait, not what? Oliver Stone is the bad per. No, wait. I didn't. No, uh, Oliver no, Stone I, like made JFK and. Platoon no, no. I'm and... thinking of uh, the other bad person. Um, who's the guy from Lethal Weapon? <laughs> Mel Gibson. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but you thought Oliver movies? Stone was Mel Gibson. <laughs> <laughs> I laugh. Um, wait, but Mel Gibson is the guy. No, who he's 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 uh, anti-Semitic, Hacks- and he, yeah, yeah. He, he directed Hacksaw Ridge and like that movie, like Calypso, right? Uh, 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 Apocalypso, or oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Apo- okay, so, uh, Apocalypso or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> wow, we should keep go. your coffin. <laughs> um, uh. All right. Anyways, uh, the book rights were then bought by J. David Wargo, who set up a meeting with Charles Roven, producer for many of Christopher Nolan's films. Nolan had long desired to make a film about Oppenheimer even prior to reading American Prometheus. He began developing the script after he completed Tenet and wrote it in only a few months. He had been thinking about making the film for Oppenheimer for over 20 years. Oppenheimer is the first screenplay written by Nolan in the first person, as he wanted it to be a subjective experience through Oppenheimer's eyes. In December 2020, Warner Brothers announced its plans to give its 2021 films simultaneous release in theaters as well as HBO Max, now Max. This angered Nolan, and by mid-2021, he left Warner Brothers and was meeting with other studios to develop his new project. In September 2021, it was announced that Nolan would write and direct a biography biographical film set in World War II about Oppenheimer with Killian Murphy in negotiations to star. It was later then announced that he would be teaming with Universal Studios to produce the film and would be given a budget of $100 million and a marketing budget also of $100 million. Robert Downey Jr., Matt Damon, and Emily Blunt took pay cuts to work on the film, earning $4 million each in lieu of their usual $10 to $20 million upfront salary. Pre-production had begun by January 2022 in New Mexico, and principal photography began February 28th, 2022, at Ghost Ranch in New Mexico, and lasted for 57 days with Hoyte van Hoytenema serving as cinematographer. The original shooting schedule had set aside approximately 85 days for principal photography. While in pre-production, it became clear there was no way to shoot this for $100 million, as well as um, with as many locations and as many days as they wanted. To free this up, Nolan um, compressed the shooting schedule to 55 days. This was later changed to 57 days. Um, And Murphy, who appears in nearly every scene, described the pace as insane. Yeah, we covered that in the interview and how when she said this movie was made in that amount of, in that production schedule, I think we were both kind of in awe. Yes. Um, So the film used a combination of IMAX 65mm film and 65mm large format film. In the second week of April, filming took place on location at the Institute for Advanced Study in Princeton, New Jersey. Filming also occurred in California, primarily around the campus of the University of California, Berkeley. It took three months to build the set for Los Alamos and was only used for six shooting days. We did not say that. That's insane. Yeah, isn't that crazy? We didn't say that. We didn't cover that with um, Ruth So Young. much time is spent there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, crazy. But, uh, but not that much. If you look at, if you're talking about just like the exteriors, not that much is actually, it's just spread out so yeah. much over the course of the film I, and so much is an interior. So you think, you know what I mean? Yeah. I guess, I guess just a lot of it feel, a lot of the story feels it's like, like how Darth Vader is only in nine minutes of Star Wars, you know? In the first one? Yeah. 
Perth, but the fun. Perth, uh, I mean, I would say that fact is fun, but I mean, I'm gonna come up real fast with some fun facts. But get get your fun your unfun facts out of the way. Well, it's production history, but um, yeah, fuck me. Um, production filmed the Trinity test scenes in Bellin, New Mexico, with Murphy climbing a hundred foot steel tower, a replica of the original site used in the Manhattan Project, in rough weather. A special set was built in gasoline, propane, aluminum powder, and magnesium, and re- which were all used to create the explosive effect. Although they used miniatures for the practical effect, the film's special effects supervisor, Scott R. Fisher, referred to them as, quote, bigatures, since the special effects team had tried to build the models as physically large as possible. To make the models look closer to their intended real-life size, the team used forced perspective. Filming wrapped May 2022, and Ludwig Göransson composed the film score, returning from his work on Tenet. The film was released at the Le Grand Rex? Ray? Re? I don't know. In Paris on <laughs> July 11th, 2023, and was followed by a wide release on July 21st, 2023. You ready for some fun facts, Parth? I was kind of hoping for some, like, medium facts, all right facts, but if, if you've okay, only got I, fun I, facts, that's fine. <clears throat> As we go, I'll manually edit out anything that seems fun. Sound good? Yeah. Nolan's please. terms with Universal included an exclusive theatrical window ranging from 90 to 120 days. 100 20% of the film's first dollar gross and a 3-week period both before and after the film's release in which Universal could not release another new film. Um, the casting process was so secretive that some cast members did not know which role they would be playing until they signed on. Matt Damon had made a promise to his wife that he would take a break from acting, barring one exception, if Christopher Nolan offered him a role. A little bit after this promise, Damon was offered a role in Oppenheimer. A Christopher Nolan film. Yes. Um, the film also marks the first time in many years that Nolan did not cast Michael Caine, who had appeared in every Nolan film since Batman Begins. The woman that Oppenheimer sees disintegrating in the vision is Nolan's eldest child, Flora. Uh, Gary Oldman was on set for one day and had to perform a page and a half of dialogue as President Harry Truman, I believe, for all your historical buffs out there. Black and white IMAX film uh, was created specifically for this film. When in the bunker, Oppenheimer says that they'll know if the bomb is successful in one hour and 58 minutes, and the bomb goes off in the movie at the one hour and one hour and 58 minute mark. Hoyta Van Hoytema says that not a single frame of the movie was storyboarded. That's crazy talk. Um, but what's even crazier is people who think uh, this movie is uh, the worst possible movie that can be made. Yes. Question mark. Is the this worst first... that movies can be out of all movies. You know what That I'm was saying? a cool sentence. Um, another cool sentence is this one-star review from Harriet. Um, and unfortunately, these are folks, from Letterboxd. These are from Letterboxd because there are no reviews in Amazon quite yet because the movie is still in theaters. Um, uh, so Harriet... I, am, I, I, I almost feel like... Uh, who's the... Um... There's some silly person. Oh, it's one of the Paul brothers. Let's wow. not spend oh, too much yes, time yes. on this. I've, but his who, opinions. Said, who said that? It was just people oh, talking. I think it was, yeah, Logan Paul. I was just well. First, I was gonna say all these people are probably kidding. Um, I mean, but also they're on Letterbox, so they're probably like film nerdy at least a little bit. So maybe they are kidding. I mean, we'll try to deduce that as we go. But yeah, Logan Paul walked out because it's all people talking. And maybe, maybe just like we should listen to him. 
You know, maybe he knows what Even he's talking though, about. Isn't it so funny that, like, someone can feel that way about, like, a movie this good? <laughs> yes. Shall I say <laughs> what Harriet has to say about the movie? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Harry, a.k.a. Logan Paul. Yeah. Um, so Harriet watched this film September 3rd, 2023. Um, and she says, or... Yeah, she says, my favorite part was the hot dog I had at the start and then my hour and a half nap. So you didn't see the movie. Um, yeah, I mean, I want to, I'm sure, Parth, you want to be upset, but like, I'm sure this sort of behavior is sort of familiar in the room because mm. I pulled a shit kind of a lot. I really? mean, not the hot dog part, not the hot dog part. We can get into the food coma I got I went into in my yesterday's Oppenheimer screening but I managed to pee as little as possible and not sleep at all during both Oppenheimer screenings because it really hooks you yeah but what does Maria Underwood have to say about all this I didn't understand any of it and I thought it was set in 2023 and Einstein is so irrelevant what does this mean I don't think this is real this has to be a joke I mean it's funny I mean, it's certainly funny. Um, this is just headline grabby, grabby bullshit. No, but it makes makes me laugh. But also, it like hurts the letterbox score. Yeah. Well, there was one I, I took mean, out, I which was that like, oh, I haven't even seen the movie. I just wanted to like level the ratio more or something like that, which I thought was funny. I know there are more important problems in this world than the letterbox score of movies, but intentionally sabotaging good I'm movies. I'm not a fan of that. That, that hurts. Yeah. That hurts. What also hurts is Dynamite Chips' one-star review, which says, <laughs> yawn, 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 then, like, asterisk, random shot of his balls, asterisk. <laughs> so, I guess this is talking I, I, about the sex scenes in this movie, but um, there's no balls. Well, I'm... I, no, I'm thinking of one shot in particular in which there are balls. What are you talking about? Not to be the guy. Oh, is it when Florence Pugh talk? is in the like room? Correct. Correct. Can and you it's see in the boardroom? For like it, I swear I had this thought during the movie yesterday. I was like, it gives your eyes just enough time to notice his, to like be a <laughs> but not enough to linger. And, like, gaze down. And, like, once your eyeballs touch where his balls should be for even a second, it goes to the next shot. Wow, so your eyes touched Killian Murphy's... Don't overthink the word choice. But it's similar to... Bo is Afraid has a very similar ball shot. It's the ball shot summer. Wow, yeah. It's it's like in middle school when all... Chet Hanks may be saying it's a white boy summer, but it's really... it's It's a ball shot summer. And well, speaking of ball shots, summer in middle school, wow. all the groups of boys I had no idea where this is gonna go. And <laughs> something called the Civil War, and they everyone would just go around and hitting each other in the balls as wow. much as possible. That and sounds it got awful. So bad that like, it got like called over the intercom, and it was like all seventh grade boys, please come. <laughs> and they talked about the Civil War and hitting each other in the balls. <laughs> Next topic, please. Next well, the next topic is just what's working and not working about this movie, because um, it's time to talk about the movie. Now, Trent, should we talk about how we saw this for movie for the first time? Yeah, what a privilege it was. I mean, um, all I mean, all of your and my 
Yeah, yeah. Quotes, Both of our work, work on the pod uh, really paying off after so long. I mean, in the shape of uh, another screening that we can't talk about at this time, and then this Oppenheimer screening. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, we we've already talked about the mission screening. Um, yeah, but that was super cool. What I mean? I mean, we're super excited for the for the interview that's going to come out about that. But um, yeah, it's not yeah, coming out for a while. Years from now. Hopefully one year if these strikes don't fuck us. But um, but yeah, we because um, we were speaking with Ruthie Young, she got us in contact with a publicist at uh, Universal who then asked us, um, sent me an email and was like, hey, I hear you're talking to Ruthie Young. So is there any shot you'd like want to see Oppenheimer a bit early, like in New York, maybe in IMAX? And I was like. Huh. You're like, yes. let me think on you, that. There w- let me think. There on would that. be a sh- there would be a shot. I'm interested. I'm I'm not sure. I need time. And then approximately <laughs> no like, seconds <laughs> later, I emailed her and was like, yes, 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 yeah. Um, and then you and I traveled to New York. I believe we walked all the way to the uh, theater. Uh, uh, yeah, I I have so many, my memories of that day are so distinct for a couple reasons, and it's so funny because all of the memories are everything but the plot of the movie. <laughs> so so yesterday, uh, my screening, I was like a newborn baby, and it was, it was mm. fucking awesome. Well, can I tell one story that maybe, the bank account story, can I tell that story, or is that too close and hurtful to you? Oh, no, no, um... No, that's fine. I'm. I can take a joke, and maybe I think I'm in a better financial standing. Yeah, so that, that's I, why I, I think it's okay to say it. Um, okay, to give to give it. some context, Trent had gone to Europe, um, over the summer, and mm-hmm. you know that's expensive or whatever. And when and when I left for Europe, I had a good amount of money, and then by the second to last day, I texted my mom and I said, "Hi, I'm officially out of all money." Yes. Um. Can you Venmo but, me twenty bucks so I can get some food? <laughs> so uh, anyway, so Trent was maybe not in the best of financial standings, but we had gone to New York, um, and we were, which was right after I got back. Yeah, and uh, we were gonna go to the AMC Lincoln Square Theater, um, which is a bit of a it's like a forty minute walk from Penn Station, and Trent was like, well, because I told Trent dude, we got to be there like an hour earlier than we were actually supposed to be there. And so then we actually well, showed up on well, time. Now, well, now you've started doing that kind of for everything I've learned. Yeah, this but somehow you haven't caught on. Prior. Somehow you haven't, you never like catch on when I tell you. And then we're at the thing and I'm like, yeah, so like we were supposed to be here like in 45 minutes. Like we're early now. Yeah, um, but at least we get good seats for things now. That's that's because you because yes. you because you treat me like a child. But like there is a silver lining. Um, if the shoe fits. So um, we so Trent was like, we should we just walk? We have enough time. And I was like, yeah, okay, but like you know that'll be put that'll be pushing it because I wanted to get really good seats because this was going to be an IMAX. So I was like, I don't want to have to be on like one of the side seats or whatever. I- and, I mean, and I've been waiting to mention this, but this is the biggest screen in the country, no? Um, yes, I believe so. Or, or comparable to the biggest screen? No, in the it, it, I think in the country, this is the biggest screen. I, there might the one in Australia might be bigger than this. I'm not sure, but um, I mean, and, ju- and just for reference, the, the first shot of the movie, I said audibly gasped. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, I said whoa. Um, and there were several woes after the after that point. Yeah. 
Um, but we're walking. Oh, we're en route to the, we're en route to the movie. We're en route to the movie, and we're st- we're like we we're walking slower than maybe I walk. And as Trent will attest, when we're starting to maybe get close to being late to being early, I start getting. <laughs> I start getting kind of skittish and I'm like, all right, well, let's go. And then we, but then we were starting to get a little bit sidetracked or whatever. And we're walking and we pass by a smoothie cart and, and Trent's like, Parth, can we get a smoothie? And I said, absolutely not. Like, no, we have to go. And then we're walking and then I'm like, we get to the theater and I'm like, all right, so do you want popcorn and like, candy or drinks or whatever like should we go in line for that and you said i have no money and i'm like oh what do you mean no money what does no money mean and i say like literally how much money do you have in the bank account right now and you said negative 17 dollars and i said then how were you gonna get the smoothie um so i i thought that was funny (laughs) I thought that was funny, and then I I paid for popcorn and drink that we both shared. Um, I like the punchline of "Then how were you gonna get the smoothie?" Yeah. Uh, um. <laughs> I, I, sorry, the only image that's popping into my little like monkey clap brain right now is is the gif I send around a lot of Mr. Krabs and says, "Hi, <laughs> I like money." <laughs> uh, <laughs> Um, uh, yes, but, uh, that, so we got to see the movie, um, huge, huge screen. We got very good seats because we got there so early, um, like pretty much in the middle in the back. So like, yeah, like kind to... of as, kind of as best as you could draw it up. Yes. Um, yes. and then we saw the movie. Um, I, I can kind of only describe the screening as like blissful. Like mm. it was kind of like ecstasy. Um, like, in no other way is Oppenheimer like Jackass Forever. Wow! But during but during both movies, did I think I never want this to end? Mm. I could just watch this shit forever, um, and for very different reasons. Part watching Top Gun Maverick be like, anyways. Yeah. Part during the third act of Top Gun Maverick for the first time. Whoa! For re- for for reference, I just did a whole roller coaster bit because that's how Parth um, d- described the third act of Top Gun. So, guys, it's literally like an amusement park ride. It's like a full body immersion experience. You didn't actually say that. I'm just saying shit. Fucking with all the with all the Parth fans out there. Yeah, Hashtag all the Parth fans Parth. that exist out there. Hashtag Very vocal. Protect Parth. Protect me, yeah. Um, <laughs> but anyways, should we talk about the actual movie now? Yeah, have you only seen it once? I've seen it twice. Talk about your second experience, and then second experience, I can talk about my second experience. Second, sec- experience. second experience was also at the AMC Lincoln Square, um, but it was oh, yeah? with... Yeah, it was with Friends there's, of the Show, Sophia Alexis, Jackson Clark, and then oh. Friends off the Show, Sarah Brotman and Ellie... <laughs> oh wait, Why? it's Ellie G. Per- Gualberto, Gualberto, Ellie Gualberto. Yeah, Parth, not someone you've known for five years. Okay, four years, four years. But yeah, I saw it with um Ellie Gualberto, 
Sorry about that. Sarah Brotman, Jackson Clark, Sophia Alexis, and we sat more towards the middle, like in, um, like not all the way in the back, like in the middle. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, it wasn't bad. I didn't mind. You're kind of more enveloped. See, I find the tendency with going to the movies with friends, I won't name names, but I find, I mean, and this includes you, everyone's tends to go at further back than I would think, because I like my periphery to be entirely Movie. enveloved by the screen. Like, if like, except, like, there's a range where you get too close, but I think we are somewhere that's a little bit too far. And yesterday mm. I was in the fourth row of a standard screen, and I was like, "This is pretty fucking ideal." I mean, Grant, I was making the best of us of a smaller screen situation. Sure. Well, but I have to say, as time has gone on, I now prefer being, especially with IMAX screens, even like in the New Brunswick one, I like being more in the middle uh, of the theater. I used to be more like seventy-five percent of the back. You know what I mean? But now I'm way more of your mindset of I want my entire field of view to be movie and not to see the edges. Um, How important is the left, right, center distinction? Like, would you be like, I I would be very upset if I was not in the center. Yeah. It doesn't need to be perfectly center. I would, I would, I would prefer it to be perfect center, but like if it's a little off to the side, you know, shit happens. But if I like, cause I saw Bo is afraid, like all the way to the right, or something at the mm-hmm. IMAX screen, and I had like a crick in my neck for the next like two days because I was like, oh, um, yeah, yeah. Anyways, yeah, you, you wanna like I'm particular too, but you don't want to be like Sheldon Cooper, you know, in you know in Big Bang Theory he goes to the movie theater. Dude, that's my favorite show. The, <clears throat> he's like, this is the only seat I'll sit in because it's the perfect seat. Um, the funny, the only reason the Big Bang Theory is on my mind at all is because driving through the city yesterday on two different public buses, mm. it was like there were advertisements on the back and it was like a CW at nine o'clock, the Big Bang Theory on two different buses. And I was like, it's so funny that these ads just like have never been changed, mm. but are on like regularly running. Hasn't buses the Big Bang and... Theory ended for like, like, well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. What is that? I'm just like, like sh- I'm just like shocked that it's like they wouldn't have changed it in that amount of time. To, to they could change it to Young Sheldon. Mm. Young Sheldon, dude. Too. Young Sheldon goes kind of hard. Like not not even gonna lie. Like Young Sheldon goes kind of hard. Anyways, As in, like he plays basketball really well. No, like the show. It's like pretty fucking awesome. Oh oh oh, that makes sense too. Um, is there anything even that's not working with this movie? Um. Not for me, no. <laughs> um, Maybe just that I had to fill up. I had I drank a whole bottle of lemonade, and then I drank a whole bottle of water, and then I went up and filled. I had to fill up three three different water bottles during it mm. because it's it's. You long. left four and times. Pe- You're yeah, a crazy the, person. And the theater was really far down the hallway, but. Uh, so it was a lot of running. But the thought of being in a movie theater with no water is like actual torture. Mm. Do you not feel that way? Um, Like, I like having something to sip on, but it, it's... I, I don't feel any particular. And unless I'm, like, really near the end of the movie, like, having to pee... You like, just know Trent's like, gonna really... use the toilet at least once. 
like having to pee ruins it, so I might as well just get it out of the way so it can go back to ideal viewing experience. Yeah. Um. Um. But other than that, um. But let's talk about what's working at least for a little bit. Oh, I mean, I don't think we're gonna circle back to what's not working. I was just trying to get it out of the way. Sure. Um. Yeah, I mean, it's awesome. Like, pretty, pretty. How many great. times do you think we'll do? You think we'll use the word awesome? Uh, probably just the once that I just used. It, it, it's pretty all-encompassing. Yeah. Um. I think it's pretty amazing that Nolan was able to make this movie, given the way. This, the state of Hollywood is right now in terms of the movies that are allowed to be made and the ones that make money. So it's pretty awesome that um, a three-hour <laughs> long like drama with no mm. ostensibly no action sequences, no... I mean, there's a there's an explosion, but I, w- I, w- I wouldn't call that an action sequence. Well, I would say like the Trinity test is like... Like, is an action sequence in the same way that, like, you've seen There Will Be Blood, yes? We've covered this. Okay, well, well, you're silly for that, but is, um, it's like, it's a, it's, there are action sequences in that where they're just, like, drilling for oil, and it's, like, it's the same, it's an action sequence just in the way that they make it one, through, like, the music and the suspense, and, but there's also so many just, like, conversational action sequences, like yeah, I, th- I would say the, the dialogue bits are like spats and you know that stuff is way more. It's almost shot like action sequences or something. And isn't like smart people figuring stuff out, but like talking about it in a digestible way to make you feel smart? Like this in the Social Network, like the best kind of movie. Like no, no. Action well, Nolan necessary. likes to do like people that are very like the best at what they do type movies. Um, which is yeah. something he's gotten from Michael Mann, I think, or is, is like influenced a bit by Michael Mann, who also makes like, I'm the most professional that's ever professional in this particular arena. And now we're going to see how my life falls apart because of it. Um, and I feel like Nolan's movies weirdly follow that also. Like Batman is kind of like that. Prestige is like that. Memento is like that. Um, and I would say Oppenheimer is like that, except on a much grander scale. So I saw Tenant and was like kind of like confused by it, and like a little bit, um, uh, the viewing the 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 viewing was not uh, optimal. But this is like pretty. Like I like hear an argument for like not liking Tenant. But, like, if you don't like this, like, you're kind of, like, a silly, silly little goose. Am I wrong? Uh, no. I, I mean, so there's two major complaints that could be leveled against this, or that one that's been leveled at this movie and one that my parents brought up, which I kind of oh, do wow. agree with. Um, so, um, so the one complaint that I don't agree with is that the movies come under fire for not including like the bombings of Hiroshima and Nagasaki, Nagasaki, oh. like, like Japanese people in that in uh, like not including their perspective. And to that, I would say the movie is not 
from their perspective and also not well, like it, I mean I sorry I don't mean to cut you off but doesn't it like clearly show the consequences of that in like so many other ways and just like one that comes to mind is like the like white flashes and like him seeing like people's faces melt and yeah. like, uh, like and also you, you have this like shot where like they're going through like and this person was wearing striped clothes. And yes, yes, yes. So, like, like, and you're all, and you're only seeing the reaction shots. Yeah, but you're seeing like, and the, he's looking away. Know. I mean, I, to me, that is the key thing: is that Oppenheimer is kind of a cowardly figure to a certain extent, in that he's done this I- immense thing and does not want to look at the consequences of it. And I would say that. If the movie did not have the scene where they're going through, like, the effects and he's looking away, I would say, okay, maybe I can see what you're saying. But it does have that, and that that's the point of the movie. And so, to me, I can't imagine this movie would be better if it included shots of Japanese people walking around and then burning up. <laughs> like, getting, like, yeah. fucking exploded. Like, I don't think that that would make this a better movie. And if you don't want that, then the only other way to include the Japanese perspective is to include, like, political elements that Oppenheimer never had any—he was not there for that. He created the bomb and then it was out of his control. Not to be this guy, but doesn't it mess up the POV of the film? Yeah, but that—yeah. that as your argument? Yeah. That's what I mean, is that he he never had any contact with Japanese people with— um, like Japanese prime ministers, or, like n- none of that. You know what I mean? So I don't think, I don't understand how you would have that in the movie and have it make sense for the type of movie that this is. And I mean, through the dialogue, it's very clear. He has a lot of like regrets, like tries to stop further developments of the H-bomb or or, or whatever yeah. I want. Which is true. Like that is something that happened. You can't. But I, I will say the, fir- the the first screening, I was so blinded by how um, awesome, uh, take a shot, um, everything was that I just was like, Oppenheimer is great, everything is great, this is great. Um, and then this time I was like, oh, he's like, like, he is definitely being portrayed, he has, he's being portrayed as a mixed, sort of complicated hero figure. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, I don't even like, think the movie well, sees him as a hero. I think the movie sees him as, like, a man. And, and like, not... I I think people might have problems with how sympathetic the movie is towards him. And, you know, that's fine. But that's not what this movie... This movie is... I don't know. I, I, on, I mean, on for what it's worth, on secondary viewing, that interpretation became abundantly clear. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the other... Um, thing which oh, is yeah. not something that people have talked about at all and maybe it's just uh, more me thing because i'm you'll you'll see what i mean but um so the way i am become death first comes into play yeah uh, uh, i'm i'm sorry i i'm curious to hear where you go with this i was just gonna say like sigh but yeah um so i have no problem with the film sex stuff like that's come under fire a lot like it's fine. What, That's what's, good. What's whatever. to be under fire? That that gets two thumbs well, up from people me. People don't like sex scenes in movies, and you know there is a genuine genuine problem of directors abusing their power and doing things for their own sexual gratification. 
and taking it's, it's like abusing like women Nolan's, on set. That, Christopher Nolan's like never shot a sex scene before. <laughs> yeah, isn't and that mostly true? He has never shot a sex scene. He shot in The Dark Knight Rises. There's a scene just after Bruce Wayne has sex, but yeah, but there isn't an actual scene of it with with Talia Al Ghul. Sorry, no, it's reveal. it's Miranda Tate. It's Miranda Tate. <laughs> um, I think I think if your name's yeah. messed up, bro. Um, but um, so I am become death comes from the Bhagavad Gita, which is like one of the more the most important. You did you did your homework? Good stuff. Well, it's it's Hindu stuff, so you know I'd better. Um, you've been doing your homework your whole life. Yeah, but it that's one of the most important like texts in hinduism um and oppenheimer um was someone that was very influenced and um his philosophy uh sort of came from a lot of it was sort of simplified and clarified by his studying of hinduism and in the bhagavad-gita there's this idea of like you have to do your duty and then what comes will come and that sort of was what uh, that was what made Oppenheimer he uh, okay with what he was doing is like well I have to make the bomb because that's my duty and then you know what comes will come um and I think one criticism one could make of the film is that well my parents and my grandma saw this movie as well in theaters which that's interesting Whoa. that she was watching that. But um, <laughs> they were like, I don't love that the Bhagavad Gita is being used in that like sexual context because it feels like my mom was like, you wouldn't do that with like the Quran the, the- or the Torah or the Bible. Like that wouldn't really happen in a movie. And it, to them, they were like, it feels a little disrespectful, which it's I don't think that's the intention what I think was the intention that is more of a problem is you just need the words I am become death in the movie. And that was his way of introducing it first. Um, Yep, yep. But I would say that it is a little bit of a problem because Hinduism was a big part of Oppenheimer's life. and, And I think philosophically, if you were to introduce that stuff into the movie, it would fit in. I don't I don't think the Japanese perspective issue really makes sense because it's not that would make it not through his point of view um or from strauss's point of view even if you were to try to include it there because his whole thing is a personal vendetta against oppenheimer i do think that the movie misses an opportunity (coughs) to include the hinduism perspective and because beyond just like the one quote in the one book you don't hear you don't hear about it no and it was an actual thing that, you know, he was actually influenced by. And it kind of feels like Nolan was like, I don't know about that stuff. Uh, I am become death. They fuck. Uh, bye. And like, that's how he, you know what I mean? It kind of felt like he did not know enough about that. And he just didn't want to include that because he's like, that's not important. And I would say it is pretty important. And so it's one of the, it's a criticism of the movie where the movie itself, I think as a movie, it's fine. But knowing the historical context of the real events, I think it's a missed opportunity and maybe a little bit disrespectful in that in that sense. I can say the only thought I had yesterday 
Because he says it again after the explosion, because that's like when the actual quote is like, you know, noted as being said. So I understand that like that quote's legendary and like it might feel wasteful to only say it once. And so they're like, okay, we're going to put it in twice. And the first time uh, it would be like, it's a visual joke. Whoa, you have the Bhagavad Gita? Wow. Oh, Parth, I'm just going to pick a random quote that I don't understand. Okay, I accidentally picked something really, really profound that's important to the movie. Mm. Yeah, well, that's the thing, is that it's it's comes off as just a random thing, and it wasn't a random thing in real life. It was something important to him in some way. And in the movie, it feels like, ah, oh, that's just a hard quote he found. But, like, that's not... That was not the case. Well, I... Like I, I think we're being we're we're reaching a little bit, but I. I, I why why I'm, are we I'm reaching? I, I don't think it's a reach. I think it feels like the 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 littlest bit. Yeah, no, it feels it feels forced. Well, I, I think mean, that just that moment. I mean, in a sea, in absolutely surrounded by things I like about this movie because I I, I don't even think it's so. forced. I think they should have had more of that like i don't think that you need a whole scene where he goes i like hinduism and this is why and this is what it means to be but i think that like you could have the scene where he explains i don't know i think that you could have if that was such an important part of his life and part of something that really deeply influenced his philosophy on life and was something that influenced his thought process while working on the creation of the atom bomb that's a pretty important thing to not really put in the movie, in my opinion, and it's just because they're like, that's some mystic shit that I don't know about. Um, and so that's that's how I kind of view... Because, I mean, there's a whole greater issue of, like, Hinduism stuff, not, you know, whatever. But, um, mm. anyways. Yeah, no, Im- implications are being made. But it's, um, a, it's a very... I will grant it is a small problem i have with the movie that we've talked about at length because i have no other faults with the movie there you go um yeah we got wrapped up in that tidal wave for a little bit so let's i think we have to overpower it by saying some awesome things about the movie for cinematography good imax black and white good yeah, rapid fire. Um, I, I feel like the thing we always forget to uh, mention, or at least I feel, is I'm always like, I'm going to talk about the score of this episode and how great the score is. Mm. But And I, here I am remembering the score in this is really good. It is very and it's good. And like it's like a less is more score, you know, Parth? Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely less than like Tenet, which like I love the score to Tenet, but it's very like percussive and abrasive. Um, and this is way more like violins. Um, yes, I was uh, like just the one time I took note of it. It was like maybe I think it was the Trinity test, and it was just like violins in the background, and then some sort of like incremental like peaking or like drumming or just like yeah. little flare up. And um, I mean, uh, listen to I mean I won't reference there will be blood again because Parth hasn't seen it because he's stupid. But l- I'm a smart guy. To but the, yeah. 
listen to like the most famous piece of score from that music for reference. Uh, it's like with all like like drumming or whatever. It's cool. Whatever part doesn't care about Paul Thomas Anderson. Sure don't. Um, it's like his master. It's like a, it's like a masterpiece film. You saving it for rainy day. Well, actually, I am saving up to buy or not saving up, but waiting for the 4K Blu-ray to come out. And then I'm going to buy that and then I'm going to watch that on my 4K OLED TV at home. I mean, that I mean that sounds pretty awesome. Maybe I'll invite you, depending on how we're doing at the time. I really liked uh, the performances. Like, all the actors were good. I yeah. completely forgot Casey Affleck was in this movie. Yeah. And I was like, oh, Casey and Matt, I hope they got to hang out on set because, you know, they're yeah. friends. Um, so that was on my mind. Um Killian Murphy, like, how can you not be in love with that guy? <laughs> um, Nolan be like, um, yeah, uh, he's really good in the movie. Um, I feel like. Parth, do you think we're gonna see any Oppenheimers or Barbies this Halloween walking around? Well, I, maybe a, it maybe was... a couple. Hear me out. A couple where the boy is Oppenheimer and the girl is Barbie. Sophia and I were talking about like, oh, what should we do for Halloween? And I was like, oh, I should be Oppenheimer and you should be Barbie. Uh, but then I was like, is it like? in poor taste to dress up as like the man that like created nuclear weapons um and like probably but nothing's in poor taste Hmm. the joke has like swallowed itself and come out the other side so it's like it's postmodern by this point oh okay so i guess maybe i'll do it then um but trent i feel like we have nothing interesting to say on this movie other than it's good go see it we like it Parth, if that's the case, like, do it poses the I question? Do we, do we have Trent? Do do we have anything interesting Trent. to say about any any movie? Oh, but okay, you seem excited. I'm starting to feel warm. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh, Parth, I I know why you're excited. It's wow. This is the cold. This is this is this everything is so we've bu- been building towards. I can't believe it. No. I know. I I don't know what to do right now. This this is so awesome. This is happening. Folks, the nuclear reaction, the nuclear bomb has just dropped. And now this is this is a um, frequent I mean, this, like, as timely as this is, it's, like, almost, like, the taste has never been poorer. Yes, you know this what I'm is saying? really bad. <laughs> um, but, guys, we promise this is not just because it's Oppenheimer. But the nuclear bomb has just dropped. Um, and w- what do we call it? The review gauntlet? The the the, ra- the, the ratings, ratings gauntlet. gauntlet. Parth, we're, we're 150 episodes deep into this show, Parth, so if you can't remember the different subsections, I'm worried about <laughs> our about so our many. listenership. Um, yeah. But yeah. Um, I, feel, I feel like we've barely grazed the things that are good about this movie, but I'm, I I agree with you that we that anyone who's still holding on, that they're probably ready for uh, for us to, to wrap this puppy up and get exploded. Yes. Um, so... We talk about would we uh, recommend this movie? Would we rewatch it? Would our moms like this movie? And what would we rate it? So Trent, do you want to go first or should I? Um, you go first so I can um, look through my messages to try to find my mom's Opinion. live text re- live text reaction to Oppenheimer. Um, so would I recommend this? Yes. Would I rewatch this? 
Also, yes, I have, but it's not the type of movie that I would rewatch. Like, I'm like, yeah, let's put Tenet on. Let's put The Dark Knight on just to watch that. Um, just because it's kind of a heavy movie. Um, but it's definitely one I will be rewatching in the future. Um, would my mom like this? Yes. She saw the movie with my dad, and other than her qualm with the I Am Become Death stuff, um, she really loved the movie. What would I rate it? Nine out of ten. It is not my... Whoa, 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 whoa. I I think that is not a um, horrible rating or anything. Um, In my opinion, that is a fine, fine rating for a movie to have. So that's four and a half stars, just if we're talking... And a heart on Letterboxd. Oh, okay. Um, okay, I only uh, tuned in to hear what you said at the end there. I'm sure everything you said prior was great. Oh, cool, but luckily yeah. I f- but luckily I found exactly what I was looking for. Um, but the aspects of this show, uh, would I watch it or rewatch it? For, do I like it? What's the deal? Would you recommend it? Would you rewatch it? Yes. Would your mom like it? What would you rate it? Thank you for the refresher. Um, would I recommend it? Of course. If you haven't seen this yet, like, you're kind of a square, or you're just, like, really busy and have, like, a real life, and you aren't an AMC Stubbs member, <laughs> like me and Parth, and you just have, Trent like, a lot Trent finally took on. the plunge. Or maybe you have, like, a family, or, like, you can't convince your significant other to go see movies with you. So, but if you... I just feel sorry you, for you at that point. If you care about movies and you haven't seen this, like literally, what are, what what are you what are you so busy doing? Um, recommend rewatch. Yes, I saw it for the second time yesterday. I only saw eighty five percent of it. The details of that, um, Parth and I can discuss off air. They're not that interesting. I had to go to work and I couldn't catch the very tail end of the movie, much to my chagrin, chagrin because walking away from that movie is very hard. Um, and frankly, I almost looked up on Google how does Oppenheimer end because I'm not entirely sure. Oh my and god! I wa- <laughs> and I want to sneak in um, the the last thirty minutes before I see our next movie, which I have to see tomorrow. Which I don't know if we're on the record about yet. Um, uh, no, not yet. Uh, we'll talk about it once you're done with this. Um, but. I mean, needless to say, here's what my mom thinks about the movie. She said, saw Oppenheimer last night. Here's my early, here's my early Oscar prediction. Ro- uh, Robert Downey, Best Supporting Actor win. Agreed. Killing- Killian Murphy, Best Actor win. Agreed. That is if there's an Oscar this year due to strike. My Ooh, mom very, very tuned, very tuned in to current events. knows what's up. Supporting all the right people. You got to support. And then she said, uh, this is hours later. Oh, well, I said both deserved thoughts on a film overall. She said, loved it. We'll see it again and again. The segments that showed sort of sparkly dust particles reminded me of a beautiful mind. I haven't seen that, so I can't comment. But I agree, Mom, that I really like those insert stuff that we learned is all practically done, which is super cool. Um, Thanks, Ruth Young, for your time and effort. Um, I've heard some complain that it was too visually dark in the beginning, but I sort of enjoyed the chioscuro lighting. Whoa, breaking out um, the terminology the trend seems to lean towards darker shots i guess to draw you in into what is lit which can bother me i didn't find that to be the case um this 
taps into a larger issue that every time I show my mom a film I've worked on, she'll be like, it's that too was dark. cool. <laughs> it's way too dark. My mom has I can't understand. Problem. I can't understand it. She'll be like, is something wrong with your camera? Do you not know how to use your camera? Can you make it brighter? Ha 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 ha. But all is good in the hood. But she really likes it. And my mom has really good taste in movies. That is no surprise to anyone. If you are more curious, you can hear her thoughts on Steven Spielberg's um, invention of the summer blockbuster Jaws. Yes. Or you can hear Parth and I drunkenly stumble over each other talking about Jaws 4. Or Trent, all the, the rating. Jaws, the rating. All the Jaws films in between. Parth, if this ain't if this ain't a 10 out of 10, I don't know what it is. Mission Possible Fallout, Top Gun Maverick, The Dark Knight, Inception. Anyways. So, so Parth, the thing about this film is it's better than Inception. Um... You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Whoa, Stitcher. Part, this is this is abrupt. Um, we have social media. You can Instagram tell Parth has work. You can tell Parth has work soon. Um, he has to make himself food. Um. So if you're on any of these services that Parth just mentioned, yeah. mentioned, please feel free to try to give us a rating, yeah. five stars, if you're still alive yeah. or you care about. And- Parthenize's survival. And if you're wondering if you... what comes out next week, we can't quite say because it the interview for it hasn't you, happened yet and I You don't you don't want to jinx it, it, but I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good and I just saw the movie yesterday. It was quite fun. And it's it's like I'm waiting for this interview to happen and I'm just like so tense for it. It's like when you're at a baseball game and it's bottom of the ninth. Oh. Um you know, um, it'll be like a cool like night at a club, and mm. you're like listening to the music, and you're like have your drink in your hand, and the song's playing. It's like bottoms up, bottoms oh. up. Oh, <laughs> you know, yeah. Um, give a third example of what it might be like. Um, it's like when someone's gay and they're like a bottom, <laughs> you know. <laughs> oh, okay. So, yep. Uh, <laughs> I think any curious parties can, if they're trying really hard, we're covering they can, Jaws they can, again. Covering Jaws yeah. again. We're covering the Meg Two. <laughs> the Meg Two, the Trench, or whatever it's called. Did you see that movie? Jordan did. I and saw if that I, movie. If I was around, I would have. And if you didn't give it such terrible, a terrible review, horrible I movie. Saw it. Horrible, horrible movie. I enjoyed my time. Jordan, Jordan texted me. She was like, "I liked it." It was like <laughs> <laughs> she was like, "It's like the Meg meets Jurassic Park," and I was like, "Well, I like both of those intellectual properties, so I had full intentions of seeing it." Yeah. Um, All right, but I just we'll, ran out of gas. Well, maybe we'll Parth, maybe we'll see you guys next uh, week. Maybe not. I'll part Parth. We're seeing Strays uh, next weekend, right? <laughs> yeah. We're, if Strays still manages to be in theaters, uh, it's, so we it's can... not in New Brunswick anymore, and I am certainly not going to New York for it. So we'll put it that way. Wait, 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 wait. You're not going to New York <laughs> to see Strays? <laughs> Maybe not. Um, but all right, folks. We'll catch you next week. Bye-bye. Bye.